What's up, guys? Welcome back to Orange and Blue Thing, March 21st, 2019, out here on Long and Long in what did I say? Long in Inland? Long Island, the Sunline headquarters. Sorry, I actually cracked my beer already. Um, season three, episode five, out here on the island. I'm Darren Mean, and that's Pete McCarthy. How you doing, Pete? I'm good, I'm good. What's going on? Just hanging, hanging, hanging. And we got Lizzie behind the scenes, fielding the call. 631-388-5195 is the number to dial if you want to chit-chat with us about the Mets or all things. Uh, relating to do with them. Season is just about to be underway in just another week. Pete, I am extremely excited. We had real baseball the last two days, right? Yeah. I, I didn't make it up for any of the games, yeah. but yeah, Ichiro's last game today out in Japan. So the baseball season is kind of officially upon us and obviously closing in on the Mets kicking things off next week. You know, I don't know. I don't really want to throw Major League Baseball under the bus here too much, but if I didn't have Twitter, I probably wouldn't have known that the baseball season started yesterday morning. I've heard that a lot. I've heard a lot of people had no idea there were games going on, and it was only after the fact that, right. oh, oh, the A's and Mariners played this morning in Japan. It just it didn't get a whole lot of attention or pub, and there's a lot going on. It's NCAA tournament. Basketball is kind of dominating the conversation right now. Do you think it's just because we don't follow those teams? It's not an East Coast thing. Maybe we kind of just didn't weren't interested. Well, I, I think in the bigger picture of baseball, too, this is what's happened to the sport is it's become so regional. You care about your team. If you're a Mets fan, you live and die with the Mets, but maybe you're not watching Sunday night baseball every week like you did in the past. And, and I think that's part of what baseball is fighting is trying not to become a regional sport. It's like Mike Trout signing this big contract. And for baseball fans, it's, holy cow, Mike Trout. And otherwise, it's, wait, they're paying a baseball player 400 plus million dollars right, right. and i've heard his name like three times over the last 10 years he he's not on the level of lebron or odell or you know name your star in in the, some of the other sports yeah i mean and it's and, and i think it was colin cowherd or someone came out kind of trashing him a little bit saying he's not a household name but um you know maybe he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be if he did he would be but you know someone replied the other day i can't remember maybe it was yesterday and they said something about Maybe we're just kind of glorifying the wrong thing. If he was out there doing the wrong thing, his name would be out there more. And, you know, look at the people who are idols to some to some folk out there. Like, people are obsessed with the Kardashians for whatever reason. He doesn't want that. And, you know, he's got his payday, and he's making more than Harper. And it just means that he is not going to be a Yankee, and he's not going to be a Philly. So that's good That's good for us. Well, the, the, the most telling fun fact on Mike Trout is that his favorite hobby is the weather yeah <laughs> and that kind of tells you what he's about and I, I think the kind of personality that he is now Bryce Harper is the kind of personality that you can sell that you see in commercials and he's interested in being out there but Trout and I've asked him about this he's he doesn't care that's not what yeah. he's about he's just going to be himself and that's who he is he's a machine who hits 330 every year whatever he does and is the best player of this generation, bar none. He's worth every penny from a baseball standpoint of what he does on the field, but he's he's not going to grow the brand of baseball besides you know those that watch him play and enjoy it. Yeah, well, you know, we'll talk about the extensions a lot of guys have been getting over the past uh, couple of days in a little bit here, but we are waiting on one potential yeah. extension, right? Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not holding my breath on that one about Mr. DeGrom getting an extension. I mean, I, I think he should. Um, we talked about this on our season premiere about this, and at that time I actually almost said, you know what, maybe 
he was being a little selfish, I think is what I said. And, and when he came out and said that maybe he was going to lim- limit himself, and you and I both said he's not going to do that. But, you know, it was a tactic to maybe help get them to the table to agree on some type of extension. But um, before we get too deep in, I did talk about this on social media. And also, if you're here from the mailing list, I actually just sent that out an email as well. This is the T-shirt that will be a part of the City Perk Patrol this year. So if you go to City Field and uh, you see them shooting T-shirts into the crowd, this is our fourth year designing and printing the T-shirts for that. So it says, it's amazing at City Field if you're not watching the live stream. Maybe a little incentive to watch next week. We give away free stuff every week. So if you're watching and you want the shirt, share right now if you're watching on Facebook. Click retweet if you're watching on Twitter. At the end of the show, we will pick two people, one on each platform, to win the shirt for free. We'll cover the shipping, and you will get yours instead of trying to fight for one at the ballpark. So Score. McKellar, I already cracked my beer, but let's uh, cheers to McKellar as we do each week. Cheers, Pete. What do you got? Oh, I know what you got. You got the United Cheers, Cheers, as do I. I already opened mine. A tasty beverage. I might say so myself. (laughs) If I say so myself. Um, And do you know how fast these sold out, Mr. McCarthy? How quickly did they sell out? Well, we had our little party on Saturday night, which was a preseason mixer for the Seven Line Army home season package members. So, Everyone came just to hang out. I think we had, I don't know, 200, 300 people there. What do you think, Lizzie? Yeah, I think Something like that. Right. But I took the mic to do what I do, welcome people and say, you know, shout out to all the new members type of thing. And no one that was there knew that this was also a beer release party. So do you remember Salazar's, Salazar's face as I was talking about this? No, because I was trying so hard not to move the camera because I was recording. Oh, you were. <laughs> so so if, like- you, if you watch it again, you can hear him go, we're going to drink it right now? He was like so pumped up that it was like actually ready to drink. So we, we took the cover off the poster and, you know, the fans that were there got to, got to drink it. So I don't know how many beers they made in the first batch, but we put a serious dent in it that night. And then what they have is the beer here promotion, which we're going to talk about. So uh, McKellar NYC, go to uh, the website and click the little button on top that says delivery. You can scroll down and see all the different tasty beverages they have for their delivery service. They put up the United We Cheers on Monday, and before I even had a chance to promote it, it was out of stock. It was gone. Shut up. Like 15, 20 minutes. So I hit up McKellar. I'm like, is this a glitch or is this beer really gone? They're like, "Uh, let's let's see. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, it really went that fast. They put a few more cases up, and they they, uh, sold out super quick. So batch two is on the way. I saw... um, uh, Carmelo, he ordered and he already has the beer today. So like he's drinking it while he's watching the show. Awesome. So shout out to all you guys that participated. Um, you now know, I feel bad drinking this beer and, and people can't get their hands don't on Don't feel it. bad. It's You're special. You're special. So <laughs> it, it's, you know what it is when we print t-shirts, I can kind of gauge how many shirts to make. Uh, McKellar can gate. They're in the biz. They know how many beers to make. I don't think they realized how quickly uh, this beer was going to go. I don't think any of us which realized. Which is really. certainly a great thing. So yeah. if you want to get your hands on any of the beers McKellar has in stock, go to McKellarNYC.com. Use the promo code T7L20, and that'll get you 20% off your delivery. They have a whole bunch of different beers up there. You can pick your favorite or choose a bundle. So they have the Easy Living Bundle, the IPA Bundle, the Primetime Bundle, all different Types of beer, styles of beer, and also a mystery four-pack, which is pretty cool. So you spend 14 bucks, they send you a random mystery four-pack. Don't forget to use our promo code T7L20, good for 20% off your delivery. So which one are you on the can? <laughs> That's at the what everybody here. was at the saying. Party, everybody was like, well, I must be this person, and I'm this person. Um, I, I was thinking like maybe I'm just the guy holding the United We Cheers sign in the, in the front, and then behind me holding the, uh, the Seven Line Army thing, I was saying that was Drew. And then you're to the left of Drew. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you could be whoever you want. But 
Pick a face. Yeah, pick, pick a person, and that's you. So shout out to McKellar. Appreciate the beers. And uh, we got a lot of fun things playing with them throughout the season. We're going to do some shows there. Yeah, and that was my first time being there today. We were at a, an event at City Field where they were showing what's new in the park. And over the years, hosting the radio show, uh, I haven't had a whole lot of time to like check out the bars and all that kind of thing over the last few seasons. So uh, it was awesome being in there. They're offering like free food up. Every, yeah, we were uh, so full though. Well, yes, we we engorged earlier, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I got to try this beer for the first time. It's very drinkable. Now, did you have anything to do with the recipe here? Did you put yeah, something together? I went, I Sprinkle knew... some fairy dust in? <laughs> What'd you do? Yeah, put some Shea Stadium dirt in the... In the... <laughs> no. Um, no, you know, uh, I tried a few different ones, and what I told them was that, you know, they have a, a, a great array and selection of beers there, but I want it to be a little bit on the lighter side, so it's a 4.5% Pilsner, which is a very crushable, like, game day beer. Not saying that people should, should overdo it and be irresponsible, but a lot of the beers tend to be a little bit on the stronger side when you, you know, enter the craft world, 7, 6, 7. This is four and a half percent, so you can have multiple and not feel like you're gonna, you know, want to jump over the fence and run and try to <laughs> hug Michael Conforto for the best. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I think we did the right thing here. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the event. When we we heard it was coming out, I hit you up and I'm like, "Do you want to go?" You're like, "I hope so." It's a fun time. Uh, this is the highlight event of the year for anyone in media. You get invited, you don't say no. You get all the ballpark food for free, and you get the free tastings and no know, line. No line, yeah, and you you tell everybody about it. That's the whole idea, right? And and get people excited for some of the new food. And one thing about City Field, what it's become, one of the reasons people go beyond just seeing the Mets is it's like a foodie's paradise. Yeah. You have a lot of the hottest restaurants and eateries in New York City all within the ballpark, and people go there just to stuff their face all day. Yeah. Uh, and it's really become, a, I think, a big part of the draw uh, and part of you know, what makes City Field what it is. So, you know, the food's a big deal. And when you have, you know, some of these new things coming in, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And I know today, uh, Emmy Squared, yeah, that one jumped out at me today. They, the pizza was extremely good. And it's now the pizza of City Field. But I, I didn't get to try it. But they had a burger. You that had a little square at the end. You had out a, of this world. You had I did a have pizza some pizza. At the end. Yeah, I had some pizza from there. But yeah, is that good. taking the place of the pizza that's up the up? I don't know. Uh, but when section? they announced it, they announced it as the pizza of the the official pizza of yeah. City Field now. So I think they had two boots before. They, yeah. They've had uh, rock, Mama the, Rosso or yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I guess that maybe take, took the place. Oh. But yeah, and you know what I really like too when they announced her or in, in, introduced the uh, Emily. Um, she said, you know, thank you for having us. I'm so excited for this partnership, yada, yada. And she's like, and on a personal note, like, I just want to say that five years ago, I started this small business on my own in Brooklyn, and now we're in the ballpark, and I just want to thank the Mets for this opportunity. And then she's grown so much over the past five, year, five years. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's great. That's and cool. I didn't taste it. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the food there, you know, I've been kind of staying away from the cheese. Almost everything has cheese at the ballpark. <laughs> I wish you could have brought it like a little box for me. Yeah, a little to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, line your pockets with some plastic, uh, like uh, Napoleon Ew. Dynamite, bringing the tater tots back to <laughs> oh the room after, uh, after lunch <laughs> at school. But yeah, I, there's a lot of things that, you know, when we heard in the initial uh, introduction, when they're like, oh, we're going to go into the uh, museum and we're going to talk about the 1969 weekend. I, I kind of left you guys. I'm sorry about that. I kind of beelined because I wanted a nice close spot because I thought that there was going to be some Seaver announcement of maybe a, a statue. But they did announce that 
126th Street, which is the side where McKellar and McFadden's is around the bullpen entrance, is going to be renamed uh, 41 Seaver uh, Seaver Way, and the address of the building will be 41. Yes, which is a nice touch. Um, that's nice. It's definitely cool. And then I saw Anthony DeComo of MLB.com at a tweet later that the Mets will unveil plans to build a statue of Tom Seaver during the 69 World Series week. Uh, they did not announce that today, uh, but he had that report. And then the statue should be built by next season, 2020. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, we know there was so many fans for years talking about it. We need to have a statue. And I think you know it, it's two ways to properly honor the the great career of Tom Seaver. He's the franchise and you know the the address is a nice touch and I know everybody's going to be super excited to you know see exactly what that statue is going to look like and when it's going to be up and where it's going to go and all of sure, those details. With all the press and people that were there today, they w- I mean they gave the Como, I don't know if he was the one that got the scoop because he's part of the uh, the fam there to work for mlb.com and he gets a lot of the the news first, but with the amount of people that were there and considering they were doing such a large announcement in front of this many people that were there to just push out the newest news, I'm surprised they didn't mention that during the the announcement today at the ballpark. Yeah, maybe they want to do it in stages. And I think that the statue is the big thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they want that to be the the big moment that you have that weekend uh, when they're honoring the 69 team besides, you know, so many of the players coming back. So maybe they're keeping that one in their back pocket for, uh, for this season. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, give us a call. If you want to chat, chime in six, three, one, three, eight, eight, five, one, nine, five Pete and Darren and Lizzie talking about the Mets or whatever. Also share the show if you want to win the t-shirt. So, um, besides the food options, which Nikki G bunny, um, Nikki was in all of his glory today. Oh, Lizzie. he went there. Yeah, of course. It was oh. it was me, Pete, and Nikki G. Money, who's actually going to put like a whole uh, blog post together. I think for tomorrow morning. With You'll want to read that with He's his the favorites. One who raved about the burger the, yeah. from uh, the pizza place? Uh, yeah, Emmy Squared. So uh, he said it was one of the best things he's ever tasted. Last year, really? I don't scoop him no, on what? That. I don't want to scoop him on it. No, but no, he was he, in love with this he burger. Tried, he tried every burger there, and clearly last year he tried everything and finished everything this year he had like bites last year you could have rolled him out of there um nas wasn't there this time this year but last year he was mm-hmm. and um and sweet chicks yeah sweet chicks sweet, and sweet chick got a new location this year so where they're not upstairs it? anymore they're they're taking over where catch of the day was so now you yes! can go to sweet chicks so gonna close. be like right past the shape yes! it's great it's on the way to the men's line um yes. i'm really excited about that because me i don't ever too. go upstairs me so neither. and i like sweet chick and i want to support too. um yeah. you know <laughs> they're friends of ours now so you know shout out to to yes. mac as well i think he's watching tonight so um yeah so anyway he tried everything and he's like believe it or not emmy squared burger is the best burger he's he said he's ever had yeah he was in the moment maybe yeah. we'll see what was he writes he up after no, the fact no <laughs> really yeah, no. Whoa. He was just really pumped up on the burger. Whoa. It looked fantastic. I mean, I, I did not partake, but looking at it, it it definitely had a lot of flavors going on. So I do want to touch on this because I don't think you I tried it, but I tried to convince right you to, to have a little bite of this. The Beyond Burger is uh, a plant-based burger that's going to come to City Field for this upcoming season. So if you're a vegetarian, vegan, whatever, maybe just don't like meat or whatever. Or you're not eating cheese. Or you're not eating... Well, yeah, because it's got... It actually has vegan mozzarella cheese on the top, yes, too. Yes, I can't wait to so try this. So it's, it's really good. I tried it. Um, Kelly's a vegetarian. My wife, if people don't know who Kelly is. And I do a lot of the cooking for dinner, and I don't like to cook twice. So I've been kind of 
shifting away from eating as many meat products today. I, I killed it at, at the stadium. But uh, the Beyond Burger, <laughs> I, I, I think it's incredible. So definitely check that out if, you, if you're uh, looking for a meat alternative. But what I saw a lot of people were really pumped up on as well was the bobbleheads and the free shirt Fridays. I didn't notice this until I read the comments. This looks, I'm sorry, Mets, but this looks nothing like Robinson Cano on the left here. The Obi-Wan Kenobi, that, that is Robinson Cano. I don't think so. Hmm. It's supposed to be. Uh, so I don't know if there's time for a re-sculpt on that one, but that does not look anything like Robinson Cano. I, that's kind of par for the course with these things. Isn't it? Come on. It's usually like 50-50. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Look, that looks like Keith Hernandez. That looks like Bartolo Colon. That looks like Doc Good. And that looks like Keith Hernandez. That looks like Jay Horowitz. I mean, these are really close. Come on. Well, who's that? DeGrom? Yeah, but you can't even tell. See? That doesn't look like DeGrom. That doesn't really look like him. Close enough. I don't know, but that does not look like uh, Robinson Cano. I'm sorry. Um, I like the Syndergaard one, though, where he's in the chair from Game of Thrones. Oh, it's yeah, pretty It's pretty one. awesome. It's yeah, pretty yeah, badass. Yeah, yeah. I like that. You do know you, he loves that. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. yeah. Right, so is this the last year? Yeah, this will be the last season starting up. Soon. A little after opening day, yeah. Sometime in April, it's kicking off. So I think that's one of those excited. shows that like, if you didn't watch it from the beginning, you can't just jump in, right? You well, can't just start now. No, you'd, you'd have to go back I and watch the old episodes. That's what I did after the most recent season. So I blitzed through all of them in like two months. It was great. I, I had always been resistant on like the fantasy stuff, but yeah. the show is great. So I got into it like everybody said you would. If you give it a chance, gave it a chance, boom. Ran through all of it, so now... Excited for what, season eight uh, I don't know. coming up? No, it's a finale, I think. But um, when yeah. Syndergaard shaved the side of his head to be on the show, I thought that was like <laughs> he was going to just cut the rest of his hair. But now he's just rocking like, I don't know if it's both sides, but he, he's bald on the side, uh, his hair. Did you see when he was like had a role in the in the show? Yeah, during yeah, the offseason? Yeah. I thought he was going to cut the rest of his hair off. but Well, he's still shaggy. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's you know, got the hair and uh, I think he had it in a ponytail or, or bunched up recently the man bun thing going because you know the hair's flying all over the place yeah it's yeah. uh you know as hot as it is in florida and you're sweating and all that so he's still he's still rocking it jake had a beard for a little while yeah that yeah, was yeah. interesting and matt's is rocking one now i think oh matt's had a beard too matt's a, matt's a little scruffy looking right now which uh you know i'm glad that he didn't get rocked two days in a row two games in a row his last spring training outing wasn't too pretty today he had a, a better performance but one other thing i want to touch on for the what's new at city field um do you know where the dunk tank used to be around the outfield uh next like the kitty area yeah so i'm pretty sure that's gone and what they announced today is the built ford tough challenge so it's an obstacle course kind of similar to like a ninja warrior and you could sign a waiver if you're 18 and over and you can go do it do the course during a game and once per game you get to challenge this guy that they're calling the machine. The machine. Uh, who doesn't, I mean, not talking smack. He, I, when I'm thinking machine, I'm thinking like Drago, Rocky, machine. I must break you. This guy, I mean, he's jacked. I don't, want to, you know, I don't want him to come beat me up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but he's got the, he's got the, the guns. fitness level. You can see if someone who's going to be awesome at an obstacle course can move his body weight around. You can't be a 6'8", hulking 300-pounder and do these obstacle right, right, right. courses. So this is their version of the, of the freeze, I guess. So once... Per game, uh, a fan will be chosen to challenge the machine at some type of event in this course, uh, which is a little unfair advantage because I'm sure he gets to practice it ahead of time. But uh, the fan will challenge him. And I don't think I told you about this yet. Maybe I did. Maybe when we were driving over here on outing days, on the Seven Line Army outing days, we get to select who's going to 
challenge the machine. Awesome. So um, what we're going to do... I so think, limit limit these the intake of these <laughs> for that one day and be ready to go. But yeah, and if the men's had a good idea. They, they told me, you know, maybe we'll try to pick people in the, in the section that are first responders or military veterans or active or whatever that happen to sit with us and they'll get to challenge the machine. So that we have a lot of them too. So it's going to be tough to narrow that down to eight. Now, something that I noticed after this news came out uh, here in the seven line offices, you installed a little pull-up bar. Are, are you in training here, Darren, to, to make this have to go at the machine? I mean, you're already talking smack about the guy. So he doesn't look <laughs> intimidating enough for you. So it, it sounds like you want to, take your shot here i mean i would go but i'm not a first responder i don't want to take the spot of anyone who deserves it um but i could probably take them the um <laughs> i've been killing it on the pull-ups for the past like two months we had a rule that i'm the only one in the room i've been or, doing it yeah right um pete hasn't done it yet maybe once you did the first time you were here um you can't pass the archway without doing some pull-ups and i'm the only one who abides by it so the reason why i purchased this this pull-up bar was because there's a girl on Instagram that I follow that started doing them but like she couldn't she couldn't do them so she was showing how she got through her journey of how she started and now she she's killing it so I'm like I'm gonna do it <laughs> I'm gonna train myself yeah right it's so hard I cannot do one you're making progress you're getting closer? yes I okay. actually am because now I can like hold myself up as for before I was like Pew! <laughs> like, I was like falling down. Now I can hold myself. So making progress. Yeah, I, I kill it. I do them like, <laughs> I mean, not, I'm not trying to pump myself up here, but I'll, I'll try, throw out a set of 12 here and there every time I walk by, which I've is pretty good. I've been doing push-ups too. Not me. My, wow. my, my wrists are all shot. Let's talk about- It's uh, a fit office around here. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> well, you know what it is? Before we went to this wedding, everyone was trying to get in shape for their beach body. And I think that really what, what that's the reason that you got it initially, I think, is why you got no, the pull-up No, no, I got it. I got it like for the two Mexico weeks wedding. before we, we went, went away or three weeks before we went away. It wasn't like. Well, let's get off topic here for a second, Pete. Uh, <laughs> you have done the Spartan race at City Field, right? I did it. Yeah, it was a while ago now. It was like seven oh, years yeah. ago, we, probably. We stop. Did, we, did, you, did we talk we about did, that? We, you and I doing it? You brought it up as we were leaving and then we never talked about it. Well, I looked it up. It's like pretty expensive. I think there's a Groupon out there. A man, a man dart. Uh, Amanda Romano actually does it every year, and I think you can like get a little bit of a discount um, if you go through Groupon, Groupon. But it's pretty expensive, and you tell me it's a lot of steps. Yeah, it's a lot of running through the stairs and running between the rows and that kind of thing. So you can get a little, it get a little trafficy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that, that's Not what I experienced. Now maybe they've adjusted a little bit uh, since I did it, which was the first year they did it at City Field. But it's it's an experience. Like I remember doing push-ups in the visiting clubhouse, and that's part of you basically get a tour of yeah. the ballpark. I heard as it you're was visually around. cool yeah. because you get to see things that you wouldn't normally. Yeah, it's something different. You don't have to run a ton it's expensive, because though. you're just going piece to how, piece. What's expensive? It, it like is how expensive? maybe a, a once in a lifetime. Kind I'm of on thing. the site right now. It's 174 dollars. It's expensive. That's a lot of. I mean, there's got to be some type of. You know, they need a lot of insurance. Do they give you anything other than a medal? You get a medal. Great. I got a T-shirt that I still wear (laughs) once in a while. There you go. It's an expensive T-shirt, but it's three miles, (laughs) twenty to twenty-three obstacles. Takes forty minutes is the fastest time. Uh, What was your time? Do you know? I'm sure it's thirty-nine minutes. (laughs) Thirty-nine minutes. I'll get that. You should have entered the elite then. I'm taking on the machine in a few weeks. (laughs) Let's go. I mean, maybe it's a bucket list thing. Maybe I'll do it eventually, but that's pretty pricey to go run around I mean, the park. Okay, on a unique. scale of one to ten, and you're like a professional at ten. What's what's your skill level? What do you ha- do? You have to be like super strong and 
to face the machine or for Spartan? For Spartan. Uh, I don't think it's but You told me you were in shape. You're doing a lot of runs. probably like a seven. Yeah, I, I, at the time I'd run a lot. Um, you know, you're doing like rowing and climbing a rope. And I was able to do all of the challenges or See, whatever like you I call can, them, obstacles. I could do the rowing and push-ups, but I, I'm not sure that I could pull myself up well, evidently, yeah. I can't. Actually. Going over the wall is tricky. Yeah. That's not the easiest thing in and the world. And not the safest, especially. <laughs> yeah, depending on how tall you are. And unfortunately, I had a friend who went over the wall, came down wrong on his ankle, and uh, <gasps> broke it. Yeah, broke his ankle. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Part of the risk. He's good now. All right, let's All hit. Fixed. The, let's hit the lines here. We got a familiar voice. It's Mr. Rallyman. What's up, Rallyman? Greetings, Darren, Pete, Lizzie. Drew, Danny, Yago, <laughs> CSS, RWO, Seven Liners, and all Mets fans. This is Rally Man. Now that's yeah. up, guys? Oh, I like yes. that. Dude, you haven't done that in like I know, a year. That was awesome. Oh, oh that felt so good. <laughs> that was oh, awesome. <laughs> I cannot wait to get my get up. I'll tell you that much. Oof. I think that this Pete's a little confused. <laughs> this is his first Rallyman experience. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, thank you, Pete. It's very nice to meet you, fine sir. Um, you're try not to be too, you know, uh, blown away. There's a lot of star power around you. You got you got big, the big man Darren Meehan. You got Rallyman on the phone. Lizzie's a very big deal. So, you know, <laughs> it's intimidating. It is. Whoa. It is. So what? what do you anyway, got, I'm, what just do you gonna, I'm just gonna jump on it and jump off, guys, because I'm at work. But um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of question marks about players, and one of my concerns really is still uh, uh, Mickey Callaway. I mean, like we kind of just assume, you know, hey, he had that one year, and you know, he learned a lot, and you know, let's see what he does. But like, what's your confidence level? I know you guys have met him, you know, personally. So personal thoughts aside. You know, what do you think? Otherwise, I love you all, uh, and uh, it's rally time. One week, baby. Rally! (laughs) Rally man! Giving us a shout. Thanks, man. Uh, As far as Callaway goes, look, the the pressure's going to be on him from the get-go. This team has expectations of going into the playoffs and and being in that mix. If they get off to a bad start after what happened last year, What's going to happen? He's potentially going to be on the line there. The Mets brought in a bench coach with managerial experience, Jim Riggleman, a guy who's taken over a couple of times for managers who have gotten canned. So I think your concerns about Callaway after last season are understandable, and he's going to have something to prove. I still think Callaway improved as last year went along. You didn't see the rookie mistakes as the season went on. But there's no doubt there's going to be pressure and a microscope on him in the first weeks of this season if there's any kind of a slow start. Yeah, I think that you know the first year is what it, it is. What it is, it's it's you can't harp over that now. But I think switching up the coaching staff and um, he needed a real bench coach last right, year. It was right. a big problem. Right. He, he had acknowledged as much going to the National League. He had never been in the National League as a player, as a coach, and he had a really hard time with some of the basic things like double switches and when to take out your pitcher. Uh, these were things that if he had an experienced bench coach instead of another career American leaguer like Gary DeSarcina, I think he would have been steered through better. He still would have the lineup screw up, which is unacceptable, but it, you know, it happened the one time. Uh, can't happen again, obviously. But uh, th- 
the the strategy of within the game in the National League really I think befuddled him, and he'll be in a better position now with Riggleman and having a year experience where those things won't happen. Let's hope. It would be nice to ha- get off on the right foot again. Uh, last year, man, did you think that was for real in the beginning when they were eleven and one? Why not? A lot of people. Didn't. I, <laughs> one thing I liked about the team last year out of spring training was that they were actually healthy. That all the pitchers were there. Everybody, you know, Matt Harvey was still a part of things at the time, and yeah, the start was fantastic. And even if you didn't believe that this was a great team, and you thought, oh, they're a five hundred baseball team, well. If you have a 10-game over 500 head start, yeah. you could play 500 baseball and win 86 games and be right in the mix for a playoff spot. Right, right, right. They right. couldn't manage to do that. Well, and, and June it, was the quickly, nail in the coffin, you know, right? June was terrible. Five, five wins in June. To not even make it to the All-Star break truly competitive when you start out 11-1 and one, tells you just how bad May and especially June were. Uh, so they have to avoid those kinds of swoons. And, hey, if they lose four games in a row, Callaway's got to figure out a way to get the team out of it and not put them in a spiral. Yeah. They spiraled last year. It's awful to watch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, six New three- year. Six three one three eight eight five one nine five. Jump on the line with us. Talk about whatever you want. Uh, also, share the show right now. Be in the running for the "It's Amazing at City Field" T-shirt that will be given away this year by the City Perk Patrol at City Field. If you share the show right now on Facebook or Twitter, Periscope, you can be in the running to win one for free. So did you guys uh, call each other this morning and uh, plan a plaid day? No, but or? me... Uh, you just have style. The three of us were all rocking plaid today at the ballpark. Oh, no way. You know what it is? Like, press, even though I'm not considered press, you're not supposed to wear Met stuff when you go to this type of thing. Yeah. I don't care. I wore my the, the T7L jacket and uh, Nicky Giamani had on the concrete hat from a couple years ago. But typically, that's like a rule, right? You're not supposed to... Yeah. Show that you're a fan of the team that you're covering. Is that is that? That's yeah, I'm not gonna wear Mets stuff to a, a Mets event. Yeah, like that. Really, the only time I wear Mets stuff is when I'm doing the show with you. But otherwise, I really haven't worn anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a number of years. Uh, and it, you know, listen, I'm a Mets fan. Like, no, was but, uh, a, there's that line of wearing it or you're a pro. You know, I'm, this is just on. like a hobby for me. But um, yeah, that's the rule, right? No cheering in the press box. Yeah. Like even if you were there for the no hitter and you're covering the team and you're a Mets fan you yeah. couldn't really show emotion right you love it you are happy to experience be part of it to chronicle it to write about it talk about it whatever it might be but you're not necessarily looking to impact the action you, you know? gotta pump like the brakes wishing so. it yeah. to happen you you want fun things to happen so you have better stories to tell but you know it, you're not necessarily uh outwardly rooting like a uh, like you did as a fan yeah everybody was a fan originally and there is a little bit of a difference let me ask you this it's a it's kind of relevant but um not really <laughs> but um <laughs> in uh chicago in uh 2015 do you remember that photo of sandy that was taken from the press box he's sitting in the in the shadows watching the mets fans celebrate yeah watching the players Who and took everybody that? was that celebrate. jared diamond jared diamond might have yes i was believe he phenomenal took it from the wall photo. street journal yeah. it was awesome so he took that from the press box of sandy kind of just soaking it all in and that's to me that was like one of the photos of the postseason to be honest yeah it was great and you think back on it now um you know at the time nobody knew that sandy was dealing with cancer but he had known that at the time and it i think it adds another piece of that photo where this man has so much going on in his mind as he watches the team celebrate on the field and uh yeah there's there was definitely some drama in that so let's jump ahead here because um uh i'd like to talk about the degrom extension um 
a lot of guys are getting paid right now, and it seems to be coming up over the past couple days even that a lot of guys are getting extensions. And a guy who's on our team, who a lot of people think he deserves one, is Mr. Jacob deGrom. What do you think? Yeah, the, well, the American League Cy Young Award winner got paid today, $50 million by the Tampa Bay Rays, and now we wait for Jacob deGrom. Now, deGrom, it's two years until he becomes a, a free agent, but this is the time to hammer that out. Otherwise, you're going to be looking at uh, a potential free agency for Jacob deGrom. And we're in the home stretch. There hasn't been a whole lot of, of reports, a whole lot of word about this. So it's kind of difficult to sit here and say, oh, I think they'll get it done or I don't think they'll get it done. What I will say is this is one of those things that's going to set a tone for the season. Yeah. When you're right at the outset, if he signs the extension, think about it. The fans know Jacob DeGrom's going to be a part of this franchise. He's rewarded for the tremendous season that he had last year and under difficult circumstances where he's not getting a freaking run any yeah. night and yeah. he's saying the right things afterwards. He's not blaming any of his teammates. He had to I know he gained immense respect from from me, from other Mets fans who watched what he went through last year and you know he did in that clubhouse as well. So I'd like to see that rewarded. So that's you know all in the positive end. You know he's going to be around. Now, if they don't get this done, well, now you start getting those other questions. Like, I don't think Jacob deGrom is going to adjust how he's used, but right. this will be a conversation that you otherwise wouldn't have to deal with. It can be potentially a bit of a distraction. I think it's a negative for other players there. You have players around baseball that are worried about what, their future is going to hold within the game where you still have a number of free agents. You guys signed, Gio Gonzalez signed a minor league contract. Carlos Gonzalez signed a minor league contract. These are accomplished veteran players. And yes, I understand it's the same week that Mike Trout signs for 400 plus right. mil. Those superstar guys are on a different level, but everybody else within the game, I think, has to be a little less excited about becoming a free agent than they would have been 10 years ago, let's say. So, uh, to me, I think it's a boost to the you know clubhouse morale that DeGrom gets rewarded, and you don't have to deal with... Uh, some of the distractions and otherwise if they can't come together before opening day and we're in that last week yeah you know? the, the clock is ticking and um, do you think that having all these other teams be as active as they've been this offseason and especially over the past uh, week or so in the past couple of days do you think the Mets are feeling the pressure and this is actually going to help them get it done it or do you think they don't care? It shouldn't, but I do think that there's something to be said for a lot of players agreeing to these extensions because they're seeing what's happening yeah. in free agency, and then it's tougher for a lot of guys, not all of them, to get paid. And we know we're talking about crazy amounts of money here, but you, you don't want to be sitting at home in February not knowing where you're going to play. I, I think anybody can understand, you know, a fellow human being, you want to have some certainty in your life of what's happening next and, and not have things up in the air. So uh, I think, uh, you know, some players are eager to get these things done, and you know we'll see. Jacob Degrom has certainly been open to it over the years. Now he has a little extra leverage considering the season he's coming off of. Well, let's hope it doesn't get messy here. Uh, let's hit the phones. We have Michael in Brooklyn. What's up, Michael? What you got? How's it going? We're hanging. Excellent. So uh, I know you guys are talking about uh, Degrom and the extensions going on throughout major leagues. So the question is, the Mets clearly don't have to extend Degrom, but wouldn't it be a nice thing to do for a player that could be the face of the franchise, you know, the new leader of the team, maybe a potential captain down the road. 
Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm kind of with that too. We talked about that on on the season premiere of of the show, uh, like I don't know, a month ago or so. I was kind of in the same boat where the Mets don't have to because you know he's not getting any younger, and they do have him wrapped up for what two more years, so they don't technically have to give him anything. Oh, is that the point that you don't have? To they don't do have. This? No, he was Sorry. saying like it's it's a nice thing to do, but they don't really have to give him an extension. Well, you could just ride out the next two years, but then you're looking at potentially losing him in free agency. Right. So right. you know, this is the time to get that done you're not going to talk about it during the year and when he's one year out and he's basically asked for an extension for years yeah he's going to say you know what i'm going to bet on myself i'll play out 2020 and then i'm going to go to free agency yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. at the top of my game so right, right, this right. is the time to get it done yeah and thanks for calling mike oh thank you yeah i think that's that's what you worry about as far as the downside is that this could lead down the path where it's the end for jacob de as a met and you know look we're we want to see the Mets win, right? And But part of it, too, is you enjoy watching certain players. And I don't know how you could watch Jacob deGrom over the years uh, that, you know, he wasn't this huge prospect coming up, right? Right. He, he gets a spot start against the Yankees, pitches well in the Subway Series, through one of the guttiest games in franchise history, that Game 5 against the Dodgers, uh, the Cy Young award-winning season last year, and how he handled the lack of run support all season I don't know how you watch this guy and his career and not say, this is a guy I want to be a lifetime Met. This is a guy I that I want his number to be up there on the wall. And he should have a night, you know, like David Wright had at the end of last year when he reaches that point in mm-hmm. his career. But th- this is the kind of player that you want to embrace as your franchise, as your guy, that you want to buy your kid a, a DeGrom jersey. Right, 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 and right, right. this is someone you could look up right. to. So. I think there is a big downside if you don't get this done and you potentially go down a path where Jacob deGrom is wearing another uniform, which it would just be a waste. Absolutely. It'd be terrible. No, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's just the, the what what I think Mike was getting at that uh, it, even though it is the right thing to do, do they technically have to get it done? They don't because, I mean, he's not going to... You never have to get anything right, done, right, right, right? Right, 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 right? You could just let Cindergaard walk in three years and DeGrom in two and you know, hope you're going to develop more pitching behind it and, and constantly look ahead to the future. Well, you know what it is? I, I think you have a week to get it done. If they get it done and he mirrors last year or even as close to what last year is, then he's going to be worth every penny. So uh, let's see what happens. They got six days now to get it done. Um, let's move on, though, because six days is going to come up rather fast, and they have a big decision to make with Mr. Pete Alonzo. You and I were both pretty vocal about it over the weekend. And um, what do you think? Do you think that this is actually going to happen or what it sounds like they're going to have Alonzo and Dom Smith on this opening day roster which uh, is a big thumbs up from me and and this is bucking the trend in Major League Baseball and the Mets are are criticized a lot for not spending enough money for worrying about the bottom line in certain cases this is the opposite if they go through with this and put Alonzo on the opening day roster because he's potentially going to get paid in the back end but there's a few reasons I outlined in this tweet why I think this situation is unique this isn't Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in Toronto, where he's 20 years old, and they're worried about losing his age 26, 27 season, and they're not going to be competitive this year. This is a Mets team that needs to win every game possible because they are going to be in a dogfight with these other teams in the NL East. This is a situation, too, where Pete Alonso is a first baseman who's 24 years old. Mm. You're not talking about a kid. You're talking about a guy who's going to be 30 years old when he becomes a free agent, and those guys aren't getting paid a ton. Now, Paul Goldschmidt, 
this is the best outcome for Pete Alonso, right? That he becomes Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt just signed an extension today. Would you say was five I think it was years? Five one ten. Five one ten. So you're talking about twenty two million dollars a year. Now that's a lot of money, but it's not insane, right? right and right, this right. is the best case scenario for Alonso. It's possible. He doesn't hit major league pitching as well as he did in the minors, and it doesn't translate as well as it has this far in spring training. So I want to take my chance on Pete Alonso now, and I'm not going to worry about the season seven years down the line, not when you consider how important every victory is early on this season, and then you look at his situation and how much he might be worth at the top end. This isn't going to be a guy who's Mike Trout signing a huge contract. He's not going to become a free agent at that age because he's coming up uh, on the older side. So that has to be a consideration in all of this. I'm with it too. I wrote something about like, don't worry about 2025 now. Uh, It's not even worrying about 2025. It's also the unique case of Alonzo where even if you do have to pay him more, it's not going to be – telephone numbers right, here. Right, 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 right. But also, you wrote in the tweet, which uh, if you're listening afterwards, people didn't uh, didn't hear what you wrote, but uh, you also brought up the point that people aren't paying 30-year-old first baseman uh, big money anymore like they, like they used to. So if you add it all up... and yeah, if the Think Mets... about what Mark Teixeira got 10 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. He got $175 million, and Paul Goldschmidt just signed today for 110. Right. And that's one of the best first basemen who is of the age that Alonzo would be when he reaches this point. I think that's telling. Yeah. So I put up a, a Twitter poll uh, when I was drunk on uh, Sunday <laughs> night on St. Patrick's Day. Did you do anything for St. Patrick's Day, by the way? Any green beers or I anything? I wore green. I went out to brunch. I was about, no, I didn't really do anything. We're yeah. lying low. My yeah. wife's pregnant. I know. So, I you know. know, she doesn't want to be in the crowded bars. So we, we chilled on the St. Patty's Day festivities. Because there have definitely been years where I'm hitting a different town on Long Island every weekend. Yeah. And uh, doing St. Patrick's Are Day. Are you kidding like me? The, the Long times. Island parade route. is It starts March 1st. It's like yeah. every, every it's weekend in March. It's and crazy. It's RBC probably this weekend, right? The weekend after St. Patrick's Day. They, they have some parades. So it's really, it's a month-long thing in... It's it's, oh, it's fun. It's it hurts. It hurts me on the uh, Monday after though. But uh, <laughs> Kelly was a trooper when she was pregnant. She used to try to get me like buried during the day. Like we were, we went out in spring training, and uh, she was pregnant with Amelia. And she says to Shu because um, they serve booze at First Data, the tiki bar. Um, she's like, "Hey Shu, go get go get Darren a vodka club." And I just started pounding the vodka because oh, she did it on purpose because she knew like after the game I just want to go back to the room yeah. and go to sleep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kelly was a trooper Smart. with that. So anyway. <laughs> This poll I put up um, when I was on my Alonzo kick. For like uh, I did like ten tweets straight about Alonzo. So, uh, do you want Pete to start first ba- to be the starting first baseman? I don't think on I should start day? on first base uh, opening. Day. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, Seven thousand <laughs> votes almost, and eighty-three percent yes. Uh, the seventeen percent no. And the replies here was all about people saying they don't want to start the clock and why not wait until hey, the look, end of the uh, month. Dom Smith has had a tremendous spring training, but if the idea is going to be that the Mets feel Pete Alonso is going to be their everyday first baseman and they're just going to wait two weeks to hold on to the extra year later. Look, uh, might as well just play your best guy right from the start. And then I'll go through all the reasons that I did before, which you just heard. So, you know, Dom Smith, Dom's clock already started. Yeah. And it's not about his clock. It, he could be an important bat off the bench. He can play, you know, two times a week over there at first base. Maybe he ends up in the mix in the outfield a little bit as well again. I don't think that's ideal, but, you know, with some of the injuries <laughs> that they have, uh, it might end up, you know, coming to pass again for a, a period of time. But 
you know, Dom, is he necessarily not a, a major league caliber first baseman? I think the jury's still out, and it's great he's having a good spring. It's great that he's in shape, and, you know, he's been able to solve the sleep apnea. Which I wanted to just touch on. And, and those are all great things, but if Alonzo's the better player, he's your first baseman, and you have Dom Smith in reserve. But the sleep apnea thing, do you, don't you find it really weird that it took him this long to try to, like, correct that or harness it or find ways to fix it? I mean, you're an athlete. You're not... You're not young, uh, you know. He's not 18. He's like he does this for a living. Well, if you're I think not getting that, the age was a part of it where he didn't think it would affect somebody that was as young as he was. You think of it as. But if you know you're not getting proper sleep and you're an athlete and you get paid to play sports and you're not sleeping enough at night, you probably want to get that fixed before. Drew, or you heard that? At. Did you hear that, Drew? Well, Drew's not an athlete. Does yeah, he have sleep? He, yes, he has sleep. Does apnea. he wear the thing? No, because he refuses to admit that he has it. So I like kick him in the middle of the night. Well, he's also and not he, like, trying to be a millionaire playing baseball, but I mean, come he on, would Dom. Be better. You're at trying things. to work on your pull-ups and you can't get a good night's sleep because <laughs> he's snoring all through the Listen, night. Listen, Drew oh would be God. able to do more pull-ups if he slept better. <laughs> True. Anyway, answer the phone. Um, yeah. So I mean, honestly, I, I hope we we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out in six days, and I just really hope that the Mets pull the trigger and and, and have this guy start next next Thursday down yeah. in DC. Put your best foot forward. Exactly. That's what I like to see. That's what I think fans should be rooting for, and especially they have put their eggs in this basket, right? They, they traded one of their top prospects in Kelnick to bring in Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano. They're going for it right now. So now is the time that you want to make every effort. I mean, what if you don't bring Alonzo up? Uh, you start the season six and seven, and then he's able to come up fine, and you miss the playoffs by one game. Right. What are you going to think then if he might have made the difference and instead Dom Smith hit 180 right, in right. those first 15 games? I, I I actually brought up the exact same point and said you know people think oh it's only one game what's the difference uh, it's April who okay. every a win in April means just as much as a win in the end of September and you know I always think about the 2007 season not to bring up uh, bad memories but that came down to the last game of the year mm -hmm. so what if the difference was an early call up in the first week of the season for a guy that it's any of those you know, losses, right? Any of those right. losses all season long, you can kick yourself over. Right. And no right. doubt if you go through the schedule, 2007, 2008, you'll find some beyond just the last games that we, that tend to stick out in your mind, but they all, they all matter in yeah. the end. As much as baseball just seems like this endless slog and, uh, you know, this game doesn't matter that much. When are they playing a division rival? No, if you if it comes down to one or two games, they all do matter in the end. You don't want to be giving them away, and you don't want especially to especially when you're playing your division. The first nine games are against the NL East, which is going to be so too. freaking tight. Yeah, uh, maybe not against the Marlins, but uh, it's going to be a tight division. So win every game, put your pedal to the metal, and and get it done. Uh, let's hit the phones. We got Mike in San Diego. What's up, Mike? What's up, Mike. Hey, just a quick story about uh, when the Semiline Army came out. I'm out here in San Diego. I'm 59 years old. So you could just imagine how many games I've been to. But being at that game with the Semiline Army in the bar, I took my buddy who was a Padre fan with me, and I told him we are going to this Irish bar. He didn't know anything about it. So we got there real early. Then all of a sudden, by, the, by two hours, we were there, the bar was full of Mets fans. It, he was pissed. <laughs> That's all. Like we we actually called that, that was a McFad that was a McFadden's affiliate. So um, McFadden's is inside City Field. I don't know if you've been out to uh, New York yet. So we actually had a connect. I called out over there and I said, "Listen, um, this is how many fans we're rolling with." I think we had fourteen hundred fans to that game and. 
Um, we talk about this all the time. A lot of the bars are never prepared for us when we show up. But they did a pretty good job there, if you remember, Lizzie. The the DJ was playing like New York inspired music. It was wall to wall, orange shirts. It was it was a really fun time. And that parade over was legendary. Epic. And we, we had no idea that Bartolo Colon was gonna hit a home run that day and we were gonna win the game and but the, the whole day went off without a hitch and I'm I'm glad you were there to experience it, Mike. It was the best. And the best thing is that uh, I had a pitcher blown up. I was right over the Mets dugout when Big Sexy hit that home run. And I had a Big Sexy shirt on. <laughs> so when he, went to Atlanta, when he went to Atlanta, I got him in a bullpen. And I had the big picture of it with me and him running around in the base. And I told him, Big Sexy, the best time I ever had in my life. <laughs> so the bullpen, both bullpen coach comes over to me and he goes, hey, Stay around after the game. Big Sexy wants to sign that for no you. No way, really. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I have it on my desk, a big, big blown-up picture with his, with his uh, saying thank you and this and that. That's oh, great, that's Mike. Awesome. So listen, try to try to catch up with us this summer if you can make it out to Kansas that- City. Try to make it out to Kansas City this year. It's going to be a big one. Oh, wow. I wish you were coming back out here. But thanks, guys. Hey, you guys do, do, do a great job, let me tell you. Thanks, thanks Mike. Enjoy. How are we going? That's awesome. Did you see the guy that got the Bartolo Colon tattoo after that? No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was everywhere. Uh, so we're at the bar that Mike's just talking about, mm-hmm. McFadden's in, in San Diego. There's three guys bellied up to the bar, and I walk by, and I can't remember the kid's name, but he goes, yo, Darren, come over here. I, I'm just going to say his name is John. John says if Bartolo Colon ever hits a home run, he's going to get a tattoo of Bartolo Colon. An hour and a half later, it actually happened. And I saw the kid, oh and I was gosh. like, yo. Tattoo time, and he got it the next day. The next day in San it's, Diego? Uh, I think he's from there. Uh, <laughs> so it's his, It's a half sleeve of Bartolo Colon's face, and it says the Sevlon Army. It says the date. It's He, like, went for it. Wow. But um, a lot of people didn't think it came out that good. Is it like the um, – it doesn't look like Bartolo? Is it like uh, the uh, bobblehead we were talking about before, the Robbie Cano bobblehead? Uh, I'll let you decide. But uh, it's not the best – Tattoo. I don't want to. Well, it's not horrible. It's not it's a that, little, little it's, oblong. It's a little weird, but uh, it's. It reminds uh, me of that Ronaldo statue. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a little tough too because this was probably taken like at the at the uh, tattoo studio. So take some time to settle in. Yeah, it's a little red, but it was everywhere, dude. It was on Sports Illustrated, ESPN. It was on Sports Center. It was it was everywhere because okay. you know the Bartolo was a big you know that was a big story. Yeah. Apparently, so, the guy that got the tattoo, his name was Matt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he after he was getting hate on it, he was a little upset. But it says the Sevline Army there on the shoulder, so he went for it. I mean, listen, man of his word, you make a bet, and uh, he got it done. So shout out to what'd you say? His name is Matt. Yeah. Shout out to Matt. Uh, give us a call six three one three eight eight five one nine five Mets or whatever. Share the show to be in the running for one of the free T shirts, and also. Um, we're going to play What's in the Box in just a little bit. So maybe the next person that gets yeah. on the line. I was trying to, I was trying to oh, you were trying <laughs> sign to tell you. What were you saying before about the mic? Was something wrong over here? No, I wanted to talk to Rally Man, but he can't hear me because I don't have a thing. Ah, all right. See, live and learn. All right. <laughs> uh, next caller, What's in the Box. We got some great prizes tonight. One, two, three, or four, and you will win. So let's chit-chat about opening day. I know, Mr. McCarthy, you're not sure if you can make it or not, but if you can, I know that the... Marina Lot is not too far away 
from Astoria. So if you can make it out, I know you got you're going to have your hands full in a couple weeks. Yeah, here. wife is due. Uh, Are you in nervous? April? Am I nervous? Well, I, I guess you just want everything to go well. Yeah. Right. And and that's a dramatic day. Uh, but I'm I'm ready. Otherwise, it goes it goes pretty <laughs> quick, man. I mean, our daughter's about to be four in May, and. Um, it, it, it goes very fast, but everyone says that, you yeah. know, like, oh, cherish every moment. It goes quick. I mean, she when she's nuts and she's driving us crazy, then uh, you don't cherish those moments. But everything else, uh, everybody says she's pretty it's, fantastic. A, it's a blessing. Kids are a blessing. And it's the you know greatest thing you'll do. And I keep hearing that over and over. So that's been reassuring. The, the, the reassuring thought for me otherwise is just that. Nobody really knows what the heck they're doing as a parent, right? right? right. And humanity has found a way. Like, all these people grew up from babies and are walking around now. So somehow, someway, everybody seems to figure it out. You learn on the job. Yeah, and uh, the kids turn out all right. The first night, uh, we're we're at the hospital, um, and, you know, Kelly's, you know, resting. So uh, our daughter was in the room with us. Sometimes they take them into, like, the nursery area for the night, and if it depends on if you're breastfeeding or not. So... Mm -hmm. The, the nurse comes in and she's like, you know how to change a diaper? And I'm like, nope. She's like, time to learn. Get up. And like, it's right there on the spot. Like, I never changed a diaper in my life. But, you, you know, you, you learn right there on the spot. And I couldn't even sleep that night because I was like, oh, make sure she's okay. And and uh, it, it's a crazy experience, crazy feeling. I mean, you're, you're just a couple weeks away. Do you have any uh, nieces or nephews or anything? No, no, no. So I haven't changed a diaper either. Yeah. Uh, except in the class on like a doll. Uh, so <laughs> this will all be an eye-opening experience. I was a swaddle king too. You got to like tie them up, make sure at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, I don't miss not sleeping, but you're going to you're gonna love it. I'll so, watch a lot of West Coast baseball this year is what it, <laughs> what it seems like. I'll well, you got crazy for. hours too. You're doing the fan overnights and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing overnight again this Sunday morning, three to six and, and doing some of that and doing the what, updates what? there as well, as well as the shows. So it's... I'm all over the place. What was your time <laughs> slot the other day when uh, Funhouse thought you were JJ? Oh, it's, that was Saturday evening. So I did 4.30 to 8.45. Yeah. And so. you said something like, oh, it's my first Funhouse mention or something. I saw you retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's basically... Funhouse usually covers Francesca's account. Yeah. He's like the top critic of the station now at this point, yeah. right? So it was uh, fun to, to get a mention that wasn't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like following that account. And, uh, you know, he's extremely obsessed with Francesa, but I think that's what makes the account so fun. So uh, let's talk about opening day, though. So if you can make it out, try to uh, come down to the tailgate party. Uh, we are, like I talked about a little bit before, we're going to be in the marina lot. So if you don't know where that is, go to the com, click the blog, and this has a map that explains to you where to go. I had to text someone before. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I know he's watching the show. And he goes, it's very difficult for me to explain to people where our new tailgate p- lot is. Why? Uh, I don't know. Because it's on the opposite side of the ballpark. And Send they have to the walk link. there from the train. I'm like, yo, dude, it's on the blog. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. So uh, go to the blog, thesevenline.com, and uh, find out where we're going to be. Chef Cass puts out an amazing spread. We talked about, we talked about him last week and shout him out. Uh, his Venmo and PayPal is open. He's got an amazing spread, bagels. Eggs, bacon, kielbasa, pancakes, lasagna, lobster, clams, wow, scallops, ribeyes. over the map on he's, this. We got breakfast and then lasagna? Got, what is going yeah, on here? He's got everything. I love lasagna, so I can't wait. <laughs> he's got everything lined up for the tailgate. But we did talk about this. Uh, I also tweet about it and put it on uh, pretty much all the social media. There's going to be a wedding 
at our opening day tailgate. And Mr. Andrew Indart is going to be officiating it. So Andrew said the wedding for Tara and Richie down in Mexico. And he's also going to officiate the wedding of Angela and Jesse, who are getting married at the tailgate party. Lizzie, what do you think? <laughs> you think it's crazy or what? I think it's nuts. It's nuts, but that's awesome. So let me let me explain to you what's going on here. I, I know nothing. So Angela and Jesse, they're Mets fans. They live upstate. They met two years ago. And last year for their one-year anniversary, they bought tickets to our Atlanta outing down in, in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mets lost, whatever. I'm sure they, they, they must have had a great time because they decided after they got engaged that they wanted to get married with not necessarily with our group, but Angela emailed me and she goes, I want to get married at opening day. What's the plan for the tailgate party? I'm like, well, why don't you just get married at the tailgate party? She says, well, that's a great idea. I didn't know that was a possibility. So uh, Indart's going to officiate. Angela and Jesse are going to get married at the tailgate party. Um, we have It's already catered. We already have like the, the lobsters and steaks and all that stuff. That's a, pretty, and that's, eggs. that's a pretty inexpensive wedding for them. Yeah. They're going to have an awesome guests. Awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> an the, awesome the spread. A, a great DJ. A great DJ. We have a photographer. Oh, we shit. have a videographer. Hey. It's not a bad idea, guys. <laughs> it's a great idea. So if we, I was thinking about it, if we still had Thundersticks, remember that scene in um, uh, A League of Their Own when all the women are holding the bats? Mm-hmm. When uh, What's her name again? Was it Dottie? Was it da- no, wasn't oh, it? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Marla Hooch. Marla, got Marla Hooch yeah. got married, and then they all, all held the bats. We could have done something with like Thundersticks. They could have walked through it. Oh my through God. it. But uh, shout out to Angela and Jesse. That sounds, it sounds phenomenal. I can't wait uh, to be a part of it. Also talking about um, Anthony... In the comments today, he said, thank you all for the donation so far, and he appreciates it, and that gives him an early start so he knows how to plan, and, and he appreciates all the donations. Well, so. I don't want to say the person's name because I think they want it to be anonymous, but Cass sent me a screenshot. Uh, I don't know if I'm even supposed to talk about this, so sorry, Cass. Uh, <laughs> if, if You guys can delete this from the record if I'm not supposed to talk about it. On Sunday morning after the McKellar party, I'm driving back home. He sends me sends me a screenshot and he's like, I don't know if this is a mistake. Do you recognize this name? Someone donated two hundred dollars for the food. And he sent them a message back through Venmo and he goes, Is this a mistake? Was that an extra zero? Yeah. And the person Aww, was like, sick. No, like this we expect to have lobsters and stuff and you know. That's put, awesome. Put it Thank towards you, the Anonymous. Pot. Cool. So that's great if that anonymous I know I know who it is, but if that person's watching, I don't know if they really want the kudos or the props publicly, but that's awesome. Cheers to you. Thank you. Because you, you know what it is? Sometimes it gets burned. It doesn't happen often, but if he overdoes it on the on the shopping list and you know not enough people chip in, then it comes out of his pocket. Right. And he should, he's nice enough to do it. I know. He shouldn't lose money on it. He's nuts. <laughs> uh, we'll talk. We'll talk more about KC when it He's happens. Great, but we got but some gigantic nuts. plans for Kansas City. The Royals are going above and beyond for us. So let's get to everyone's favorite game show. At least if you're watching right now and you want to win some stuff, we got Charles at Hofstra. What's up, Charles? Hey, what's up, Darren? Let's huh? go, Pride. Yeah, Charles, you're talking to an, uh, an alumni here. Yeah. Oh, really? Where, when did you go? Uh, I graduated in 06. So it was a rough week. Okay. Rough couple of days there. The Boston uh, Northeastern and NC State. <laughs> <laughs> Same as me. So uh, do you go to school there now, Charles? Yeah, I'm a freshman there right now. Uh, do they still have, uh, what is it, Bogarts? What is that part? Bogarts is gone. Bogarts is gone? McKeeps might still be hanging around, but I don't think they're open. What's a local spot? Where do you go? He's not even uh, a drinking age. He's a freshman. Are you telling me he doesn't go out? Yeah, I, don't, I don't do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right, Charles's parents might be watching. All right, Charles, listen, we're going to give you whatever's in one of these boxes. One, two, three, or four. What do you got? Uh, four. All right. Making it nice and easy for me. The closest <laughs> one. All right, here is box number four. Oh, a little drama. Okay. All right. It's a little small here. Light box. This will go well. <laughs> Send the beer guy. <laughs> got a little koozie action for you. What else you got in there? Nicely Should done. Should be like a sticker set. Oh, we got a, a decal. Right. Nice decal. Nice. All right, down. so Charles, you got the the whole decal More decals. Set It'll be good on the dorm wall. Yeah, and and the beer awesome. guy koozie, awesome. Residential life won't Perfect. mind. Put them up. All right, awesome, man. So uh, enjoy the rest of your semester there. Don't don't drink because you're not old enough. And uh, we'll send all this stuff out to you tomorrow. All right, man. Keep your sprites cold. All right, thank you. No problem. All right, have a good night, y'all. Bye. Yeah, I like when Hofstra wins. That's good. <laughs> I used to love going out over uh, there. He said originally he said Hempstead, so I was gonna write Hempstead, and then he was like, "Well, I'm at Hofstra." I was like, "Hofstra," because <laughs> yeah. I knew you would like that. <laughs> yeah, let's get a little Hofstra in the house, baby. So that was your hangout spot, going out with the college bars on what, the turnpike. Whenever I had a ride, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to go to like dollar beers at Bogarts or whatever it was, and then drive back to Queens. But uh, you know, before Uber. We uh, mm. would take turns with the DD and get out there. And it was fun, man. It was a great time. I'd usually meet up with some people near like uh, Glen Cove Road and we'd shoot over like my BMX buddies. But it was a fun time. I, I had they let time. you in. That's the key at that age, right? You're not that picky about this. I may have been 21 by then. Oh, okay. I don't know, man. I I went to community college. I went to Nassau Community. But I felt like I went to uh, Fordham because I was there so much because my, my friend George Hofstra. went there. Oh, Fordham. Yeah, I oh, feel George. like I went to Fordham yeah, yeah. that's how much I was there. I feel like I almost went to Hofstra how much I was hanging out. I lived in Binghamton for a little bit. I didn't go to school there, but I lived in a lot of college atmosphere. Uh, Austin, Texas, I lived there for a little bit. So I lived in a lot of college areas or hung out in a lot of college areas without actually going to the that's school. That's why you're fit to you know, help throw these tailgates. Yeah, out, right. You, know? you, you got a little taste of what I didn't realize colleges could do. You were, you were studying event management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was my school, happening. going to the bar was actually uh, <laughs> helped me in my career. So that's a great thing. So uh, next week, Pete, we got a special Wednesday night show. It is a opening day Eve show uh, next Thursday down in D.C. If you're heading down to uh, catch opening day, I'm a little jealous. I can't go this year, unfortunately. Um, so enjoy yourself down there. But a special thing for next week, I'm going to meet up with uh, Ron Darling on Tuesday. So Ron's got a book coming out. We're going to talk about his book, a little preseason sit down. I'm going to go up to Connecticut and uh, we're going to play that on next week's show. So definitely tune in for that. Um, I think we pretty much covered everything we got to talk about this week. Yeah, right? Ron's a great guest. So yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing that. I'm a little nervous about it. I mean, I sat down with, with Brody uh, when we were down at the brewery and that was kind of in my element being at the bar. But, you know, sitting down kind of, I feel like it's a lot of pressure. You have He's so, so cool. much experience I with it. I bet you he'll make you feel like so I've met him a couple of times. Uh, the last time he came right to the warehouse the and uh, I wasn't there, you told me how awesome he was I that day. Him. So I'm looking forward to it. So Ron, Ron next week and uh, next week's – oh, we need to do the share contest. Next week's giveaway is going to be a free copy of Ron's new book. So we're going to do the same thing as we're about to do now. One person on Facebook is going to win. One person on Twitter is going to win uh, a signed copy of Ron's new book, uh, 108 Stitches. So definitely tune in next week for that. It's going to be a really fun, fun show. And hopefully we get nice weather down in D.C. next week. So, Lizzie, whenever you're ready, I will turn the camera on you and you can pick the share winner on Facebook. Duh, this week I picked Eric Beckhard. At random. At random. And uh, Eric? 
hit him up and get his address. We will, will send him this free T-shirt. If you don't win the T-shirt, try to catch one this year at City Field. And uh, again, th- shout out to McKellar for the tasty beverages. Shout out to mm-hmm. Kirk Neuenheis, who was a Long Island duck. Um, <laughs> Just random shout outs <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had written it down and I forgot to uh, give a little shouty there. Uh, shout out to shouty. Oh, um, shout out to shouty. It's her birthday. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Surprised she didn't call in to give a oh, shout no. out to herself. It was her birthday last week. I don't know. I'm some, I'm Happy belated to you as well, Lizzie. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Pete, tell me when to stop. Stop. Hopefully this person didn't win already. Okay, at Russell Lydon, at Russ Lydon 82, you win a shirt. Congratulations. Bada bing. Shirt's flying. <laughs> yeah. So if you didn't catch one, try to catch – if you didn't win one, try to catch one at City Field this year. So uh, shout out to Pete. Thanks for coming out again. Uh, see you next week. Lizzie, all you guys, let's go Mets. We're only a week away. Um, and that's it. See you guys. Peace. Peace.